Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from on the previous episode of this podcast. We have just finished Chapter 8 of Chronomaly. Erin, uh, Lee, you did it. Congratulations. We did it. We escaped. <laughs> we escaped the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually I like to start these with a breakdown of the escape room itself and all the puzzles and all of that sort of stuff. But no, I'm changing the format. <laughs> what the hell happened at the end of that episode? You just hit episode eight turning point, baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you, well, you crashed the Hindenburg. That was all you. Not on that purpose. You did it. You we we tried. Um, <laughs> See, it was sort of an iffy thing. You half caused it, half, half fixed it, it because that angle problem, that was happening regardless. But, okay, you, you get out. Greg is nowhere to be found. Then you go back to the present, but there's no more Doc Bill. The lab has changed. The world has changed. That was meant to be a laboratory outside of time that shouldn't have been changing. And instead of Doc Bill, there is Greg giving instructions to new time travellers. Oh my god! I know what it's going. I know what it is. Maybe. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. Sorry. One of the things that happened in this is that no one's allowed to time travel twice. Mm. Mm. So how is Greg continually doing stuff? Right. Mm. Why did? How did he appear in so many timelines, messing with things? If you're not allowed to time travel twice. Maybe it wasn't Greg that was traveling. No, it's a bloody time war. It's like two timelines at war with each other, right? Doc Bill sends some students back to change something because we're in the wrong timeline. This is how it should be. Whereas Greg, effectively a doctor from a different timeline, goes, oh, that's weird. Why did something change? I better send some students back to try and fix that change because we're in the wrong timeline and everything should be this way. It's two timelines fighting a war over what's the real timeline without knowing it. Is or that it's what's multiple going on? timelines, maybe it's like multiple different Gregs. Yeah, thousands of Gregs. You know what? If you're going to go for a time travel story, it's already going to be full of plot holes and nonsensical stuff. So why not just go all in with 60,000 timelines? <laughs> so like Greg is just pulling, he's sending multiple students. That's why he can time travel multiple times. He's sending his own people back to change things or fix things to suit what he thinks is the real timeline. Now, here's the real question. Yeah. Why did we end up in Greg's lab rather than the Doc's lab? Yes. What happened there? Why did your watches take you? Like, what happened? Why? Because everyone else came back from the past into what changed? Was there anything different in this one? Greg hacked us. I'm trying to think. (laughs) I have no idea. Maybe it's just you're too close to the present. Things are, wires are getting crossed. I don't know. I wonder if the answer is Linus. Linus is an engineer. Linus? Oh, he just sneakily engineered your watches. You come up, you you like you reach down to pick him up from the ground. Like, are you okay, Linus? And he's grabbed your wrist a little bit too tightly. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. Yelling at right, Linus, like just buttons. one more thing for you to screw up, Linus. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. By the way, thank you to our listener and Patreon donor, Linus, whose name is used in this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was so mean to you, Linus. Thank I will you say, for copying all the abuse. I will say, Linus, you were much more. Uh, you are you are much more competent in the playtest. I yeah. felt <laughs> real life Linus is way better than game Linus. Yes. Um, oh, okay, but no, you guys did really well. Uh, it's a tough yeah. room. Lots of weird jumping back and forth. How did you feel about it? Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I got very stymied by the last puzzle. Um, and yet, you you are like were absolutely instrumental in solving that final piece of it. Once you got that it was an alphabet thing, yeah. well yeah. done on counting how many buttons there were. Like that was necessary. You were the one who associated it with the tight with the labels mm. on the button. Yeah. What, what what was really fun is that like when, at the very start when we first had a look at it, I actually just wrote down the numbers of all the buttons on there because like. Well, that's surely going to be useful next time. And the thing is, I can only count lots of numbers if they are written down. So that's how I can figure mm, out sure. with 26 so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas I had drawn them all and I would have had to have actually counted them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Numbers written down, much easier than looking mm. at the picture. Like every time you counting, I knew that there were 26 buttons. I knew what they all were, but I still yeah. had to be counting one at a time mm. when looking at the button picture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. One thing I did notice was that because I have slightly more experience in tabletop playing than escape rooms that sometimes I would be looking for, like I was expecting you to trick me. So I Mm. would keep asking Ah. questions, like trying to make sure that you hadn't deliberately left something out Mm. or something like that. That is fair. You should listen to our other show, uh, Solve This Murder, where 
like it's a whodunit show, so I do have to be lying mm. constantly. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why for me, when I started playing those games rather than the escape rooms, I found it really difficult because I was so used to taking anything Danny describes as effectively truth, which I could then use to solve a puzzle. But instead mm. it was like, no, no, half the stuff is lies. First you've got to figure out what's true to then solve the mystery. Much harder. It's much, much harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also, I, I actually really liked that I ended up as player two, mostly because I really enjoyed interacting with Linus. That was <laughs> yes. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oddly enough, you've actually, you actually put both of us into like probably our favoured positions. Um, positions. Yeah. When it comes I'm so to glad. You. Because Aaron, when you role play, you're often much much more of a social creature. I'm that I'm that annoying person who puts all their points into charisma. <laughs> Whereas here, here I was with a bunch of buttons, and frankly, like that's just five year old me's like delight. <laughs> <laughs> only only sad part was I couldn't touch any of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you might kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I should have put it, put in like a decoy button panel, <laughs> just for, where mashing it was the right answer. <laughs> Oh uh, no! I I had a lot of fun. I play tested this room fairly recently. Yeah. It's uh, a funny room. Like having a- the players be separated for the entire thing is, yeah. you know, mm. it's not generally how escape rooms go. And no. I was just kind of hoping that because we are in this medium and you are still together in a room while you're playing this, yes. that it wouldn't feel too isolationy. Mm. And yeah, too no, much I like didn't feel that way on your own. Like uh, because we were allowed to still out of character interact, mm. it was fine. Yes, like yeah. It does make a difference, I think. And it's fun to have to try and f- solve the issue of communication. Yeah. Like even, especially, um, so originally the pneumatic tubes puzzle was a little bit different. It was, it, it was simpler. There wasn't the actual light element. But when I was playtesting it, um, pretending to be two people, jumping back and forth, I solved, I had found one pneumatic tube before the other. Mm. And I solved it, but it was the one in the... In the captain, in the cap, in the, in the gondola. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now you've opened it and you can send a message, but you've got nothing to write on. And yeah. you don't know where it's going. And you don't know where it goes. It was, very, <laughs> it was a weird situation. Um, but it's, it, it worked out really well, I think. Like the, the pacing of how you, of which, what got solved in order was, mm. was perfect. Mm. Like it, yeah. there was never a moment where you had sort of did, made the solution. They went, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what now? Why, why yeah. Why have that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm like, like one of the things I did, because one of the things I know about when when I was listening to some of the earlier shows, because I've listened to a lot of your earlier mm, for, like sure. episodes one one through five, and I haven't listened to a lot of your more recent ones. So my brain was mostly kind of like, all right, so I don't necessarily need to think about where everything is physically. I just need to make sure I remember what you have described to me thus far. Generally, yeah. yeah. There are a couple of times where exactly where things are is very important, but mm. if that's the case, I try to emphasize that a good yeah. deal. Yeah. So yeah, so sort of my job so my sort of job while I was in the gondola and there was no one there was basically like, all right, so my job is to try and go through and look at everything that you've given me and ask about that. Nice. Mm. And exactly. Then, and then write down that and then ask about that. Yes. Mm. So thank you for remembering that the chair was there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely <laughs> yeah. forgettable. Mm. And I was also, having like a captain's uh, chair thing. with like a with just like a little control panel on there. Like I was having exactly. like a Star Trek gondola. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you for not spending too much time worrying about the fainted pilots who, let's assume that they rolled their way to safety in the end. <laughs> That's true. Did I save them on mine? I think I did. I woke them you, up. You just spent forever trying your hardest to wake them up. Like, I feel like you got smelling salts in there or I something. I did get smelling salts. And this, is absolutely, this yeah. is absolutely proof of how you put us in the right places because I would have done that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh thank yeah, yeah. god whereas on the other hand was like all right so i'm clearly clearly in this room it's a puzzle i've searched i've searched the bodies the npcs Everything are out <laughs> important there i don't need to worry about them i just need to deal with everything else although i probably should have thought about them grab them and like when i did my run-up throw them, them out the window it's a funny thing because it feels like having them there has to be so important but really it's just a case of uh the curtains are blue because they can't be red. Um, yeah. It's yeah. a case of if there was no pilot there, that is infinitely more of a plot so much point weird. Than yeah. if yeah. there's a fainted pilot there. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was fun. I liked it. I just oh. find it amazing that all three pilots fainted simultaneously. That's just poor, that's just poor <laughs> HR, frankly. Look, to be fair, if you haven't seen a person time travel vanish into 
thin air right in front of you. You have no right to judge. Yeah, they well, yeah, appear yeah. veins first. It's very creepy. Fair, 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 fair. It's like that scene in Watchmen, the movie. Oh, yeah, where yeah. He's, where I love he's slowly that coming back as Dr. Manhattan. It's real creepy. Yeah. That's like my favorite part in the movie. <laughs> it is a very good part of the movie. Um, <laughs> I also no, appreciate you... you rolling with the wheelchair thing so easily. <laughs> um, I am very happy. Yeah, I, I had no idea. And I just went... Yeah, okay, I think that I think that's cool. I, I don't think like I'm sure that there have been other rooms where that might have given me a bit of panic more so and made me go, oh no, are there essential stairs in this room or something like that? I think also I, like, like yeah, I'm pretty sure in one of the earlier rooms in like room four or five, there is a moment where you have to simultaneously jump on some stairs to make yeah. something happen. <laughs> Yeah, I would not be very effective at that room. <laughs> Whereas my sort of suddenly realizes like, oh my god, Doc is really good. He made his time travel machine wheelchair accessible. Yeah, damn right. And his lab. Yeah, yeah. Wow, not one of those. Perfect. Not one of those terrible situations where they're like, oh, the time machine is completely wheelchair accessible. There's 14 stairs up into the lab yep, where yep. it's sitting, but the wheel, the machine itself. <laughs> oh god, I'm just, my I'm life. Imagine, I'm just imagining doctors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Doc going, now remember, the time machine is wheelchair accessible. 1937 is not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wheelchair accessible. It's 1937. He was just oh, like, look, man. we can put you on the Hindenburg because that's probably going to be better than the rest of everything else that's happening <laughs> in history. <laughs> yeah, man, I, oh. 1930s. <laughs> yeah, not a good time. Um. But no, uh, you guys, you guys did really well. Was there much? There wasn't a huge amount that changed uh, between the playtest and the final iteration. The radio and the radio box triggers were, were different. Initially, different. initially, the radio always worked, and the radio box was triggered by the crash, mm. uh, by the elevation change mm. clunking. But this way, yeah, it just felt like it made more sense, and it worked for mm. you. You made the association between them mm. immediately. Because yeah. I think I was when I did it, I the radio was the so early. The timing was just off. And because I hadn't already been primed to think about like roaring and beeping and scratching and banging and humming, when I heard the radio is making all these like scratchy, beepy, hummy sounds, I didn't interpret, I didn't like uh, internalize that in any way. Yeah. So that later on when I found the, the sound box, I wasn't like, that's just like the radio from earlier. Mm. I was just like, okay, this is a separate thing. Because there was no connection. I think having the sound box, which is so weird first, mm. and then the radio turns on later, means there's more of like a, oh, hold on. What sounds was that radio making? Beeping and scratching and humming? Ha-ha, just like the sound box. That was the hope. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I actually went through and wrote down everything, every single sound effect the sound box was making. Thank you. So, <laughs> most, mostly because I needed to keep, keep like, in case the, the position of the... Yeah, um, for sure. Of the of the sliders actually had any mm. sort of relevance? It didn't. It obviously. may well have, but yeah. yeah, in this case, it happened to not. What are you drawing? What do you mean? I've drawn a big top and I've drawn a little vase with a flower coming out of it. Oh, that's a flower. It looks like <laughs> a genie is popping out of it. it could be a genie. It could be a small flower shaped genie. Um, I've also yeah. I don't need to tell you the other stu- I've turned my that crab cockpit into an attack crab that's attacking another blimp. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's, don't worry that's about it. I'm, I'm very um, relieved that you've been doodling because I've also been doodling all over my notes. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. I, I see I, that's my. Yeah, I, I actually have. I've actually like now that we're not using the pens, I've actually put my pen down because I realized I was clicking. You it. were clicking it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you I, saw I, me I'm, on the video, but every now and then I just gesture at him like, <laughs> "Stop that." I'm, I'm so sorry, Bill. I'm sorry you're editing. Every now and then you're going to see these clicks and you're going to assume it means something. It doesn't. It's just I hit the pen because I was anxious and this is how, this is how I fiddle. Definitely not the first time he's had to deal with that. <laughs> Mostly because I'm the one clicking the pen. Um, but no, I look, I, I think you guys did really well. Uh, you definitely had some good like moments on some of those puzzles and, and, and getting the light, the 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 pacing done right. Mm. And Yay. also jumping back and forth, I think was managed quite well, uh, which is, yeah. which is good. Right. Cause there's a tendency. There was a, I had a worry coming into this recording that it's going to feel too disjointed. Oh uh, yeah. Or one-sided. But I think, yeah. Right. But I think it worked out quite well. I think um, the pacing works really well because basically it just meant that if I started like, Oh, I'm not sure what to do next. We would just go to Lee. Yeah. And then when he got to, a, I'm not yeah, sure maybe. what to do next, we mm. would come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this will just cut our dead air. 
yeah. <laughs> about about the only time where I cut where I knew where I was going on was when I got the radio because I knew I had to get mm. to the sound box. That was completely obvious. Mm. Yeah. But I also realized that I had spent a lot of time spent a lot of time on this whole solution. Like, all right, I think it's time to put the spotlight back on Aaron. Mm. Probably was that I think was actually probably the worst timed one because all you needed to do was flick three switches mm. and then it would have gone straight to now Aaron's got this task got to do the luggage got to do the <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was possibly actually the worst time to do <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful instinct and I think it worked out uh, it worked out well in the end but yeah. I was a bit worried when it happened I went oh no does Aaron have anything to do <laughs> well, I mean he's just going to be wandering around waiting for this message. I mean, the good. I mean, fortunately, if it, if that happened, I would have just started talking to Linus more. That was yeah. exactly like, what yeah, you did. Exactly, yeah, right. Like, that's, that's exactly what happened. Because I was like, well, he works here. Like, you know, he's surely he got have a plan. something <laughs> useful to say. Like, does Linus <laughs> even have a copy of the manual? <laughs> Once again, very sorry to Patreon Linus. You're fantastic. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like character Linus was still very useful and competent. Oh, like. Yes. And like, we're even meaner to the Patreon donor, Greg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Greg. <laughs> That's been our general rule. Like, if, you're, if you sign up for the Patreon, you can appear as an NPC in a room. No chance that you won't be a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> the higher the donation, the nastier the character. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Perfect. I think our nicest person has just been a horse that wasn't quite as mean as it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, like uh, I, I really enjoyed that room, Danny. When you designed this one, did you come up with I want the Hindenburg, or did you come up with I want a split room? What was the first like idea of this? Because there's a unique. Layout. I wanted Hindenburg. This was the first one that I designed when doing the time travel arc. Oh, because you went. Oh. From, I, yeah, you I wrote them the all. This the was rooms. originally going to be room one. I was going to be going backwards in time, and then I went, "Well, that's stupid. That doesn't feel like it makes sense." <laughs> yeah. So instead, I started from backwards in time. So yeah, this was the very first one that I wrote for this season. And yes, this was. I want fun historical moments, mm. and so I went with Hindenburg. I want history things that I have to learn about so that I can learn some history. <laughs> when did you decide to make it split? That's a good question. Probably around the time that I realized, wait a second, what do airships, like, what's their layout? Can I find diagrams of how they're set out? Where would be interesting parts to set this? And I realized, okay, all the interesting stuff's at the very front and the very back. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it was split basically for verisimilitude? Like you wanted Apparently, it to be like a real one, so you decided to I'm, develop a split escape room? Look, it was months ago now, but I think that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, because, yeah, you're right. All the interesting stuff is, like, up the front or up the back. Like, Like, it was either that or literally set it in one of the onboard smoking lounges. And (laughs) what can really be going on there? Political intrigue! Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I did learn a lot about the Hindenburg. Some of it obviously ends up in very silly ways, like, uh, obviously, an elevator wheel does not work in 10 degree and 25 degree pitches. (laughs) (laughs) They probably do have gauges that tell them their angles rather than needing to work off the horizon. <laughs> they probably yes. labelled their buttons. Yes, they have probably more labels. Their engineer probably knows a bit more about how to slow down. Engineer. Yes. <laughs> the, the engineer ha- is marginally more competent at his yes. job <laughs> and has some actual oh. control as opposed mm. to just, no, no, I can just do this one thing. <laughs> now, now, there are I have a, couple, a single lever. A I have a big of, button that says speed. There are a couple of parts where I honestly, I won't be able to source this, but I feel like I'm getting flashbacks to pneumatic tubes, totally plausible. Yep. yep. Telephone, absolutely plausible. Yep. Bicycle radio, totally plausible. Wait, and really? I don't know well, what they had a bicycle I'm radio on the Hindenburg? No, I, like, I, the I idea believe of it. being bicycle powered is weird, but maybe there was some kind of kinetic powered radio. <laughs> and so I went with bicycle. I mean, maybe fair, that's what it was. To be fair, the 1930s loved their dynamos. Like, dynamos. Yeah, that's true. Like, pretty and much they, everything around dynamos. It, it's not too dissimilar to, you know, those. Uh, did, did anyone have those, um, like, camping. Flashlight torches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to yep. round up. Yep. Mm. It's just like that, but for an emergency radio. So, presumably, yes. an emergency radio that you had to. And crank. honestly, exactly. a bike is way more like useful than a crank. Yes. Like, 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. My only problem with the entire bicycle situation is I couldn't remember the words to the song that Gene Wilder sings in Willy Wonka when he's riding the bicycle <laughs> with the power of the... Springtime. <laughs> yeah, that thing. I couldn't yeah. remember the words, so I couldn't sing it during the the, the episodes. Mm. What I was waste. slightly disappointed that nothing happened when I pedaled backwards. That was yeah, probably yeah, my sure. only disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely put that in the I like that room. as an idea. I, I wonder, surely there must be some actual rooms doing that because we've played physical rooms where We're, cycling yeah, made something play. Mm. Haven't done backwards pedaling. Backwards. It might just be hard to I, make a bicycle pedal backwards do something. I, Possibly, yeah. yeah. But I just Unless love the actually, idea. Like, I don't know how you do that. Sort you, of you just thing. get you like, just get it like just... a spinning cycle, like the you know when you do spinning in gyms, mm. like those are specifically designed to go backwards and forwards mm. with the same pressure. Yeah, cool. so. yeah, I'm sure it's possible, and yeah, I will totally put that in a future room. Yeah, I like it as an idea. Mm. Um, so usually we also follow up with some kind of discussion of like, where's it going to go from here? What are some other future like uh, time travel locations that you might see? But that question feels like it has no relevance anymore. Yeah, that the ending like you need all of episode nine to figure that part <laughs> so out. So the question is, uh, here's, uh, what, do you have any uh, ideas of what the hell? What the hell? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I think that time war definitely possible. Um, I like the time war pitch. <laughs> yeah. um, I like the I like the idea that Greg, that you know Greg is just trying to like replace the doc. And like at this point, he's succeeded. So I'm guessing that the next couple of episodes are probably going to be from Greg's perspective, Greg's team's perspectives. Mm. What am I going to do, Danny? I had a Doc Bill voice all lined up. <laughs> do you need me to try and work on a really, really bad Michael J. Fox impression and do and do <laughs> Greg's voice? I told you I wanted to bring in a voice actor. <laughs> we have well, discussed this. You know, we, you can hire us. We yes. like <laughs> that's true. Are uh. you telling me? You build a wheelchair accessible time machine? <laughs> oh God! In out a of a DeLorean? <laughs> um, We're gonna build a time machine. Do it in style. <laughs> I definitely. So the impression I got from the ending, yeah. I very much it felt to me like a a Greg has hacked the system somehow kind of situation. Like okay, like things were going normal, but then Greg did something. Like, like I don't he's... know if it's yeah, like necessarily the time war as mm. such. But yeah, <laughs> I, wish, cool. I wish I'd called the Ark Time War. <laughs> time War, you would have given it away. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. So like, it could have just been like a kind of like a sneaky usurpation of of, of what's going on. Like he just sneaks. No, I've always been Doc Bill. What are you talking yeah. about? Or maybe like maybe he did something wrong when he was on the Hindenburg, and that's how we ended up following him kind of thing. Mm. Like, yeah, maybe he, he's yeah. done something. Your signals got crossed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, oh man, it's so, I'm super, like, I'm really excited to find out. I want to record the next episode right now. <laughs> and I'm assuming that the the item of interest we bought back was the gun. Oh, there, yes, you're right. I think, like I still gun, think it's Linus. Li Linus well, we didn't bring killed. Linus with us, did we? No, but Li Linus <laughs> might have been, might have been the person who would have gotten killed in the Hindenburg. And by saving him, um, he's ah. now released into the timeline like everyone else. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I am surprised it didn't further the idea, or like that we didn't get any uh, pushing of that idea of like, what's up with that Marie Curie lady who can, like, activate the energy of 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 stuff. You expected that to come up now? Yeah, but maybe I guess it'll come out in the next couple episodes. Maybe there's some maybe there's some connection with that as well. Maybe if she's all because we're now past that point in time. Maybe like the gun was like already activated in her weird crazy subatomic activation stuff and that's what led to the the wrong timeline stuff or the jump to a different timeline maybe there's some weird because i have no idea what that is it sounds mystical and strange but like maybe there's some connection there because now we're past the point where she was doing that sort of stuff so it maybe it is now going to be relevant where it wasn't in the past i'm so i have no idea i'm so <laughs> confused i've got no idea <laughs> um, you'll just have to wait to find out just have to tune in next week uh, same time time oh, that same time, really time different, <laughs> same time different timeline <laughs> um, oh lovely so uh, thank you to both of you for coming on the show it was really great to have you on you were great guests oh, thank, thank you, you so much. much for having us yeah, this was a lot great. of fun and yeah. thank you um, for now, putting up with my extreme newbie <laughs> 
Um, being being the extreme escape newbie yes. that I am. No, that's oh, fine. No. <laughs> Did great. Was, yeah, it was absolutely as it should have been. The only thing that happened was you wanted you talked to the NPC a lot, and <laughs> I'm a terrible improviser. <laughs> Hey, hope you're enjoying all of this uh, post-show discussion talk. Uh, the next half is going to be all about like the podcasting industry in general and like uh, indie podcasting and 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 it's just a really really interesting discussion with Erin and Lee about the fiction podcasting landscape in Australia. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I'm here to talk about live video escape rooms. Oh, look, I've talked about this a few times. Uh, so I'm sure you've heard the spiel already. It's a initiative that Tom from Buzzshot is sort of spearheading to help develop live video escape rooms, video versions of escape rooms, or things similar to what we're doing, like audio only over Skype, over Zoom escape rooms. Uh, it's a great place to go and find out more about that information. The link to the website and the Facebook page is in the show notes below. But one thing I'd like to point out, which is just something fun to think about, is these games are now being run over the internet but they are being run across the world. So if you have a weird schedule, if you find yourself up late or, or free in the mornings but not in the afternoons, or, or you find that your, your schedule is a bit out of whack with being able to do normal escape rooms, this could be a really good uh, opportunity for you to play games that you wouldn't be able to play for geographical reasons, but also for time reasons. You can go and play a game in America when you're in the UK. You can play a game from Australia when you're in the US. Not only that, if you are running one of these rooms, this can be a really good opportunity to get your escape room, your live video escape room, to a much wider audience than your normal local area. So if you want to talk to people about how that would work, this is where you should go to talk about it. So get onto the Facebook group, get onto the website, and just start talking there. So check it out. All the links are below. Go and do that. All right, let's get back to the show. It, so, so we talked a little bit uh, at the start of last week's episode, the the actual play of the escape room, um, about uh, like audio fiction stuff and, and Australian audio fiction specifically, because because you, you have a couple of shows in Passive Volpes. Actually, I was going to make a I was going to make a, a a joke about one of them early on when you started having a conversation between two characters explicitly by leaving messages, messages. for each other <laughs> in the <pneumatic> tubes. Uh, <laughs> Which was, I thought was very on brand. Yes, it um, was. Yes, our most popular podcast is called Love and Luck, and it's a queer romance story with a touch of magic, uh, set here in Melbourne. And we tell the whole story via voicemails. It's a very found footage style fiction. Mm. Um, it's not all voicemails. To be fair, there's a couple of phone calls in yes. there. There's a couple <laughs> of other recordings. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, by far our. It's also our longest running show. We've uh, season two ended with a hundred episodes. We're now at one hundred and one because we've. Yes. Yeah. Out, um, for the uh, current situation of yes. the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's uh, one of our shows. Our other, uh, more yeah. recent shows yep. is uh, Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook, which is we Lee's baby. He's yes. showrunner on that. Yeah, so that's that we like to call that a sex and relationship advice show for humans and monsters alike. Yep. Oh, I love it. Yep. It's, uh, you know, those lovely daggy old radio shows where people would call in for like romance advice mm -hmm. at like, you know, 11 p.m. Um, <laughs> and like it's that, but it's set in a world where monsters are real. So people call in about their vampire boyfriends and their werewolf girlfriends and stuff like that. See, I love that because like, it has the potential to ask all of the questions that your standard fantasy books and movies don't go into enough. Yeah, yes. and um, for any like LGBTQ people who hear that pitch and are a bit worried, one thing we are very, very careful not to do is we never use the monsters as metaphors. There's <laughs> never like, oh yeah, we never cloak like a minority issue in a monster issue. That um, is fair. Yeah. Because because not only like is that like a really like tired trope. tired trope <laughs> thing to do, but also it's just like it's so much more interesting to think about what a gay vampire would be like rather than just yes. saying that vampires are about gay people. One of my favorite yeah. calls in the show is a Jewish vampire who's very frustrated at the Christian iconography that's constantly used around vampirism um because it is it's all so christian coded and they're just like mm. I, uh, that's not me <laughs> <laughs> 
Huh. Yes, yeah. exactly. Things like that. The yeah. things that when you watch your urban fantasies yes. and you just go, well, I mean, really, when you think about it, yeah. they wouldn't, they, they would not work because of this. Yeah. yeah. You need to play with all that. Yeah. And, and looking at how we can make things work if we try as yes. well. Um, yeah, we also have, we have a science fiction show that was limited episodes. It's 12 episodes and it's finished called Nim's Nebulous Notions, which is a very traditional sort of sci-fi audio drama about mm. a intrepid invest, independent conspiracy investigator who goes to an abandoned ship in the dead of space to find what happened there. Um, nice. so that, that's been out for God, almost a year now. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. And that's nice and short. That's only all up is like two and a half hours of content, I think. Yes. Oh, lovely. Um, that's so awesome. You can... And like that actually made me, like you said, it was finished. And I just felt like a wave of happiness. <laughs> yep. And I wonder, is, like, is that a you think? Maybe some po- maybe podcast as a whole is better at that than like TV, which like continues itself it's, into destruction. It's something. Maybe, I'm... but we're continuing ourselves forever. <laughs> we're never going to stop making escape rooms. <laughs> At least the story arcs finish quickly. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, Love and Luck is still ongoing. We're working on season three at the moment, mm. but I've always been very, very careful about making sure every season has a complete storyline. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't like cliffhangers. I don't like, I'm not Stephen Moffat. I'm not going to be here just to try and trick you into listening more. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I promise yeah, I, to actually tell the story I'm telling. Yes. Yeah. I just really like endings. Yeah. And yeah. Like, ending. We, we ah. end each of our arcs within 10 episodes and each episode like each individual standalone yeah. room is fully contained yeah so i think exactly. that it is good like i remember the worst thing for that is i always try and do that when i'm trying to find like a new anime or a manga anime, thing to watch manga and i just want to be like can this. somebody give me one that finished after 50 chapters and yep. then it's done as opposed to like one piece which is about to hit a thousand oh like, that's too maybe much it has i don't know it's too much like, don't no, do no, that. No. and it's still going this is why i don't read comics very much like western comics yeah because how yeah. can you read batman when batman will outlive yeah. you will yeah. batman won't end yeah yes i'm it's right difficult. there with you <laughs> Actually, we did that when we were in when we were in America. We went to a comic book shop and we just walked oh, in yeah, and I said, it. "Hey, I love indie like I love indie comics. Love good graphic novels. Give me something nice that's like two Done. big books and then it's finished." Yeah, and I went, "Okay, yeah. here you go." Like you can do that now with The Walking Dead. You can get like four yeah. giant compendiums and then you got the whole thing and it's done. Yeah, it's great. It's such a good feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about it as much for Seabrook because it's a very modular show. Yeah, it's very yeah totally. Some well, things yeah, it's, it's okay. It's a different yeah. concept, right? It's yeah. not like... Uh... Although even then we still... Like for season one, we didn't worry too much about overarching plot. For season two, we're planning on putting a little bit more overarching yeah. plot into it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge we're sort of really looking at because the way Seabrook is done, we actually have like lots of different writers. We have about 18 different We writers. have 18 writers and Damn. 38 actors. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So so like the, so the modularity is the only way we can actually stay sane while doing this. Yeah, and so the moment of sort of trying to figure out how we can sort of keep that modularity and keep having lots of contributors mm. and still build a sort of not necessarily an overarching arc, but at least have like some progress through the season. Mm. Yeah. yeah, especially like yeah. looking at uh, like the Russell T Davies Doctor Who series, mm. where you look think about something like Bad Wolf, yeah, where there, where it wasn't, it was just like each episode is standalone, but throughout the start of the series, we'll just every now and then just be like, oh, and by the way, Bad Wolf, and then, like, just say this word. Yeah. And then, like, the last couple episodes, it brings in more, and then the final episode resolves that through line. Yeah, without, exactly. Like, that's the kind of, like, it's a hard balance, because it's a balance that, as you're saying, like, Stephen Moffat tried it and, and never got it right. Yep. But, <laughs> um, so it's difficult. <laughs> come at me, Moffat fans. Yeah, come at me. I am I can argue Tweet about Stephen me. Moffat all day. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. If um, we're sticking to podcasts, the one that I'm listening to that definitely fits in this discussion is the Magnus Archive, Mag- yeah. which yeah. I believe is just about to start its final season. It has and, actually yeah. started. Hearing yep. that. Yes. Fantastic news. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. I'm Final loving season. listening mm. to it, but yeah, the so, fact that uh, it has an ending. So if you're listening at home, Danny doesn't want to write escape rooms anymore. That's what she's <laughs> trying to say. That's what she's trying to prep you. Hit to us say up, she's Danny. Hit us she up. Doesn't know we're what we're always looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like, it's, it's really cool. And it's nice to see, like, that kind of fiction community in, in podcasting and in Australian podcasting as well just like growing and having new people doing doing interesting yeah. things or their own take on 
on the same things with new stories. It's really cool to see and that it's and it's growing. In a, in it's an been amazing because when we launched, we launched Love and Luck in 2017, and uh, and this was only three years ago. Yeah. But when we launched, there were I think only five other fiction podcasts from Australia ever. Yeah. Why? Um, how? Yeah. Australia. Come and, on. and like and like two of them were from the ABC. Yeah. um and so it's been really awesome um so if you have any listeners who are interested who are in australia and are interested in fiction podcasting we run a group on facebook called australian fiction podcast makers please come join we would love to have you Um, we're working on getting a discord server up and running for it as well um because we've had to cancel in-person meetups uh for Mm. obvious reasons Mm -hmm. um for those of you living in uh may right now listening to this this was that april problem yep It's gone now. It's gone, yeah, yeah. Once this episode releases, people won't know what we're talking about, right? Hopefully. um, Uh. Actually, no, not hopefully. Please continue (laughs) staying home. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, like, um, so you can go to ausficpodmakers.com. Um, that's A-U-S-ficpodmakers.com. Um, and that has links to everything there. And I, I know you, like, sorry for plugging stuff on your show. No, no, but no, that's, that's the whole the point. point. Yeah, like, yeah. this isn't just, like, this isn't just our thing. Like, mm. it's very specifically we're trying to build a industry connection mm. point. Yeah, and um, I will say, like, I'm, I'm active in that Facebook group. Uh, or semi-active. I'm bad at Facebook, but I'm, you know, I'm there and I'm talking. And, and like, I've talked to a, for people there and, and had discussions about, I mean, any, and it's really, it's anything from people talking about story ideas and, and just, or just chatting. Uh, mm. Some people want te- like uh, offering and receiving technical help or, mm. or sourcing actors or, 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 or techniques on how to get better, like stuff from actors and, and all this. It's a really great little community. Uh, so you should definitely come and make it a really great big community. Yes. Mm. I'm so happy. We have over a hundred members now and you have to know mm. when I started it just over a year ago, I thought we'd have five. So yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with yes. it. <laughs> We've actually been like amazed at how, how fast it's grown, honestly. Yeah. It's really good. Mm. Um, and we've been yeah. working hard, like making connections with folks at the ABC and stuff as well to get like their people involved, mm. um, as well. Right. Cause yeah, it's Australia is ready for its, its fiction podcast renaissance or mm. whatnot. And in um, many ways, like both, like both of our teams are at the forefront of this because yeah. like ac- Australian actual plays, like I've been trying to do research on this. There are actually, there's quite, quite a few, yeah, quite a few Australian actual plays out there and, Escape this podcast is actually one of the sort of one of the, almost the more iconic Australian mm. ones in this. Oh, context. that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to inform you, Danny. Your show is good. Um, <laughs> it's hard being Australian in an internet space because you have to keep telling all the Americans what you're trying to say, especially in an escape room podcast where we spent way too long having to be like, oh, we should really describe what a torch is mm. for Americans who think we're walking around a room with a stick full and of Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> started setting uh, things in medieval Yeah, settings. just like, look, it's so a it real works. torch now. Don't worry about it. It's, from, <laughs> yeah. it's got a sconce and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. It is interesting, like, because you're right, the more I think about it and the more I'm thinking about the Australian-specific podcasting scene that I've seen, it's very different to the global yeah, podcasting scene. We, and, yeah. like, you're right, like, seeing all the things like the Australian Podcast Awards and seeing, yep, the ABC is winning those, Opera Australia is winning those. Yes. It's yeah. not small-time things that are mm. getting bigger as indies. There's uh, organizations behind those things, and there are a lot of people who don't who still don't realize that podcasts can be for fiction and not just a copy of a radio show. Yeah. Um, like even when we were first launching Love and Luck, we had tremendous trouble with media outreach because none of them even knew what an audio drama was. Yeah. Like, right. I, <laughs> I believe you completely. It it's was really weird. Fascinating. Because I was like, Australians listen to a buttload of podcasts on our yeah. Oh, yeah. We are one of, we have one of the highest podcast consumptions in the world. Mm. Um, and it's even weirder because like radio dramas used to be a really common thing in Australia. Yeah. There's still a stu- yeah. an abandoned studio in Sydney that has like all the old foley things, like a staircase that's oh, wood on one side oh, and metal so on the cool. other and yeah. stuff like that. Like mm. it's really oh, weird. That. Can we break in? I know. We've, yeah, we, we've we, been like idly planning a heist for the last couple of years. Yes, we, we've been planning yeah. We've been planning a heist to get in there to record an audio drama about a heist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, and it's, and it's interesting because podcasts, I think, always suffer from this idea of like what somebody else thinks podcasts are. Mm, yeah. Like, there are people who talk about podcasting as a genre, 
more than a medium. Yeah. It was like, yes. oh, yeah, I love podcasts. <laughs> what topics do you talk about in your podcast? That's, like, one that's of, not oh, how God. it goes. Oh. One of like, my pet hates is that, oh, no, I'm overwhelmed. There's too many podcasts. It's like, <laughs> uh, do you also complain about there being too many books? Too many yeah, movies, yeah. too many yeah, TV oh, shows. Like my big you know. one was a confusing one that I've seen a couple of times just while things have been happening, and I've been seeing all the podcasts I listen to uh, all talking exclusively about coronavirus lately. Where can I find one that doesn't? So, I just yeah. went, Wait, w- wow! Just the idea of this—that means all you listen to are like current events news podcasts, yeah. right? Yeah. Or That's podcasts where they cover like a t- like Sawbones is probably talking yeah. about. Coronavirus. Sawbones has an excuse though because it's on theme. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Planet Pla- Money's talking about coronavirus like last two months. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It is. It is. Yeah, it's just really interesting. And so I feel like that's often what you have to do. With like even now that we now have a fake crime podcast. Oh right? yeah. We that's have not a, a category and, that you'll find. But it's also anywhere. like it's such a weird thing because because ours have these these strange little like niches that they don't quite fit into because we've got a crime. A murder mystery podcast, mm-hmm. but it's not a true crime podcast because the crimes are fake. Yeah, it's not an audio drama because it's a game that I am playing. Yeah, mm. like there's no script to it. So, and it's not like an old timey we're recreating murder mysteries. Like it's this weird like no no look look if you like murder mysteries you'll love it come and do it like it's it's a like game an actual play murder mystery show yeah it's so it's such a but it's so hard to get people to be like oh yeah that's what i've been looking for because mm. no yeah. one's looking for it because it doesn't exist so it's this it's it's a really interesting kind of yeah know, you, really you've, all, you've kind well. of got to go after the people who are like uh because i obviously because i'm now the podcast guy in a lot of my social circles mm. and um there's a lot of people who are like oh recommend me podcasts i like the adventure zone, you know, and so that's yeah. always for me the starting point of oh, here's some actual play shows that you might mm. like. Mm. I had we had a conversation at a party a few months yeah. ago where someone was like, oh, I really like shows where they like play role playing games. Is that a thing? Are there more of those? <laughs> and like, like, we were like, oh, friend, we have friend. good news. <laughs> believe us, there are. Believe us, there there is an entire world out there. It's a genre. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there, there's been some like I I troll through in the podcast subreddits. Not troll through like do anything. Just I read. <laughs> you I troll work. everybody yeah. on the podcast subreddits. <laughs> and yeah, you find that constantly. Like someone saying, "Hey, I'm looking for this. Does this exist? Something about unsolved mysteries?" Yeah. Oh my I'm god. For, is there like I'm, I don't know if there's the kind of kind of thing or the worst. Are like I just want one where it's like a couple of people hanging out and like talking about. <laughs> no- <laughs> See, that's oh. the worst. If I, I, cause sometimes obviously we hear pitches for shows like that and I'm like, that doesn't give me a reason to listen. Right. Like, mm. I yeah, don't, and I don't know if you're worth my time. If you just say it's just a couple of dudes hanging, cause it's always dudes. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and uh, the thing is, all it needs is the vaguest shape of a hook. Yeah. Right? Cause like, Effectively, my brother, my brother, and me is just three brothers hanging out and chatting and making dumb jokes about yeah. nothing. Yeah. They just have a structure where they go, but we frame it in, we yep. get advice questions. And mm. that's all you need. Reddit on Reddit, which I mentioned before we started recording, fan, and people who've, who've listened to the show long term, I've talked about this before, and they've been, and Nelson's been on the show. Uh, fantastic show. Again, it's pretty much just two people talking about stuff without any real, but they just decide on what that stuff is within the framework of, what has been on the front page of Reddit this week? Mm. Oh, cool. Now let's just like use it to talk about the fact that that Nelson would turn all dogs into gold if he could. Right? Yeah. It's nonsense, but it came from a place. And so there you got a hook and you can bring people in. All they need is a hook. And that's, really that matter. structure also makes people create better content. Yes. Because that is true as well. It makes that them have true. a focal point yes. for the show, mm. which is mm. so important. Somewhere to move on to when they hit a wall. Yeah. Uh, and let's move on to the next section. Yeah. It's very, yeah. It's stru- structure helps. I've often structure said to people who like, because I've seen a few people who are like, mm, I've been thinking about becoming a podcast. And I also like, just remember the important trick to thinking of how you're going to do a podcast is think of the most specific topic that you can spend 100 hours talking about. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sure. And talk this about was that. Ex- this was exactly like how we started with Billy saying, I want to do a podcast. We should start a podcast. And me saying, okay, not now. Let me think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to have that. And we did. We had like brainstorming sessions mm. and it took a while until we figured out what this con- like a concept of something we could do. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we were like, oh, could we do this? Like, let's talk about, let's 
trial. My this. big thing was, okay, I will start a podcast as long as we don't end up reading Wikipedia pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think also scope is really important because like when I started Love and Luck, I was literally, so Love and Luck is, is our biggest show. We recently passed 400,000 downloads, which is Damn. wild Amazing. to me. Um, and like that is extra crazy because I started Love and Luck as my fun little like project to learn about podcasting like (laughs) it was my i'm gonna do this little project that i don't care too much about so i'm not gonna get too attached i'm not gonna like (laughs) it's not gonna be big um and the reason it's a romance is because i didn't have a budget so i was like well me and lee can do voice acting what's something i can write with only two characters nice romance love it like you know, and mm. so like it all got created from that, and then it just took off way more than expected. So the joke's on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's it, like it's weird because it is simultaneously harder and easier than people think to make a podcast. Mm. Like, mm. like, like, just sort of my journey with um with Seabrook um was like I wanted to come up with this idea because I wanted to create a, a show where we can get a lot of people into it, like. Seabrook is basically how many people can you cram into a podcast? Yeah, That's and because we were we were prioritizing Australian and New Zealand writers and actors because we wanted to get writers thinking about writing for audio. Mm. Like Yeah. But but it turns out, jokes on me, like organizing the writers, that is by far the easiest part. <laughs> the part the part which just messed me up was when I actually had all the recordings, had everything through it, I had to actually make the damn thing. The sound design. Yeah. yeah. Oh it was oh. it was <laughs> I, I, I was not a fan. Not a fan. Yes, I will be sound designing season two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, gl- the, this is the part that I don't do. Yeah, good, I, I good, write the rooms. Yeah, that's, you do that's all the my part done. Yeah, yeah, I'm pre. I'm pre recording. Yeah, it turns out I can juggle like fifty people and like get their contributions. Yeah, admin is your superpower. Admin is my superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the creative stuff is just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough. Mm. It is so. You, so you've taken. So you're doing like the the editing and the sound design for Seabrook. But you did, Erin. Did you do all of it for Love and Luck? Yes, I do. I do almost everything for Love yeah. and Luck. Um, the only things I didn't do for Love and Luck is I didn't do the recording. As in, I wasn't the sound engineer for the recording section um, mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything about audio when I started. Oh yeah. Um, I know enough to do yeah. recordings now, but I didn't back then. Mm. Um, okay. And. Yeah, everything else I do. Um, we've obviously we've had help. Like um, our friend of mine worked in marketing, so I booked consults with her to learn about better ways to do marketing um, and stuff like that. But I do everything for love mm. and luck. Um, there's not really any part of it that I'm not involved in. Yeah, um, about, about the only thing that I do that is specifically my job on love and luck is I get the transcripts and captions done. Yeah, Lee does the transcripts ah. and yeah. the captions. Um, because by the time I'm done editing it, I don't ever want to listen to it again. I've listened Fair. to it 10,000 times already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that is tough. Yeah, but yeah, and in Seabrook, I mostly produce a role. Mm. Um, I did some writing and I've done some admin, yeah. um, but but C- Lee is the showrunner for Seabrook, so he takes mm. on a lot of the roles. Yeah. Um, Lee cool. did all directing for the first time for Seabrook, which was, yeah. he was, I was very proud of him. Utterly terrified. But <laughs> apparently did okay. It worked out really well because our lead actor um, for Seabrook is Mama Boho, who's a professional performer. Um, and she, like professional as in we had trouble scheduling recording with her because she was touring Australia at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it worked out really well because because she's such a, a pro, when Lee got uncertain in his direction, she could kind of tease out of him what he wanted. Yes. <laughs> so mm. it, like, worked out really, really well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting because I got into podcasts because I love writing. Um, I have a background in um, performing arts on stage. I do sp- spoken word performance and stuff like that. And so I got into it from that angle. But then over the last like four years, I'm like, oh, wow, I love being a producer, actually. Mm. <laughs> My favorite thing is the production side of things. But um, I think that's important because I think that's what leads to a lot of podcasts that don't really pick up anywhere because people like talking and they like, you know, that's true. like mm. coming up with ideas and having the chats and having the discussions or doing the research or doing the writing, but they don't like production. Yeah. They don't like putting a final product together. Yeah. And so yeah. you get shows that have no editing or shows that have no direction or shows that aren't focused or they don't have like like 
clearly shows that defined have bits and no marketing. I do so much yeah. like yeah. free marketing advice to yeah. my peers because mm-hmm. um, I yeah, love it's... marketing. It's really interesting to me and I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, yeah. And for a lot of podcasters, especially in the indie fiction sphere, it's just not something anyone thinks about. And I'm like, people can only listen to your show if they know it exists. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. even us, and you do a great job marketing us, but there, that definitely, if only you knew we existed, feeling yeah. still oh, comes every so often. It's so yeah. bad when you see people out there like tweeting and they're tweeting like, I want a show that's exactly your show and you, and they just never, inter- and you're like trying to interact with this person, like, I've got it, it's here right now, yeah. I've got the show for you. And they just never see it. It's, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's rough. I think that's one thing that I think the fiction community does a good job of, actually, because there's this, uh, well, audio drama specifically, because there's actually a Twitter tag for Audio Drama Sunday. And Mm. the etiquette around Audio Drama Sunday is you generally don't plug your own show. You talk about shows you like and why Mm. other people should listen to those shows. Mm. And it creates this really nice sort of echo loop where... yes. People talk about each other because it's a lot easier to take a podcast recommendation if someone says, I like this show, it's great. It's a lot easier to do, take that than it is, hey, my show is great. Listen exactly, to right? It. That's yeah. never trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And also never done well. I've seen I've seen <laughs> posts on Twitter where someone's like, hey, I'm looking for a really good new true crime show. Does anyone have anything? And then like someone called like drunks hanging out will be like <laughs> we just we just hey we just chat about fun stuff but maybe you like our cool show oh or my god even worse, yeah just just give a link to their rss feed uh, with no message at all no, you've like, got to give people not context only, not only does this not have any explanation it's also clearly the wrong show yeah, yeah. you just googled or you've just searched twitter for the word podcast yeah and you've spammed your link to all of them that's not how no one's gonna click on that my favorite one i um <laughs> I occasionally tweet things like, I'm looking for recommendations for podcasts that are by LGBT people. Or Mm. uh, recently I tweeted, I'm looking for English language podcasts that aren't from the USA, Australia, the UK, or Canada. I saw that tweet and I said nothing because I had nothing to contribute. Yeah, because I really like shows like that because Mm. I like to broaden my freaking horizons. Mm. Um, And thankfully, I don't think anyone actually recommended something outside of that but i'm always scared of that because it's happened on other ones i've done where i'm like i want a thing that's explicitly not this and then the person who does explicitly that will be in the replies being like hey you might like my show and it's like please read the tweet (laughs) what's even worse is when they say i know you said you didn't like this kind of show (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but we can turn you Sorry. Um, Sorry to just turn your podcast into a vent session. Oh my god! But yeah, That's like there's post show stuff is about. Mm. There's there's a lot of really good indie podcasts out there, and because a lot of people don't know much about marketing, or worse, they think that marketing is bad. They think it's sleazy. But like, mm. oh yeah, it I don't want to sell out to be, by telling people that they you should know, listen to me. Like, there are ways yeah. to do it. Like, if I'm good enough, people will just know how awesome. It oh is. god, yeah, people think that all. It's like no, honey. <laughs> Like, it's way more complicated mm. than that. Yeah, and the best and the best example for that is, hey, look, here's a bunch of shows that are just not good at all. Look how popular they are. Yeah. How do you think? How do you exactly. think that happened? Like, it's it's marketing is so important. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, it's something like, that I need to get better at now. I think, like, I've done a lot. Like, I, I think we've done pretty well at building an audience and and having a place both in the podcasting industry as well as the escape room industry is mm. becoming known that way and getting people on. I think. People is really helpful. We've had a push uh, this year to start running our rooms for other podcasts. Mm. So rather than getting new guests onto our show where we're hoping they'll pull some of their audience to us, trying to take our rooms to their audiences by getting onto their shows and be like, we're going to take like a season one room that we've done so we don't need to create a new room and we're going to run it for you. It's Mm. like you get a free week of content, we get people getting ears on our stuff. You know, that just gave me a great idea. I may hit you up about this in like 12 months time. Um, (laughs) But like, it would be really fun to run a room for fictional characters and have improv um, for a canonical. Any kind of, uh, if you want to do some collaborative stuff, that would be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I love doing crossovers. We've done, I think two crossovers. Mm, Yeah. Two so far. Yeah. No, we've, oh no, we've done two, but then we've done like half ass crossovers that are Mm. like, Mm. um, cameos Mm. and stuff. Well, Um, one of our favorite, 
uh, things that we've done crossover-wise is we had a really uh, weird one with uh, advanced stage brush and shootouts, <laughs> which is a fantastic, fantastic actual play show. Mm. Um, uh, three guys in from, from um, South Carolina pretending they're from Texas uh, running an actual play with the fate system. Yeah. And but it's they're, they're they're absolutely lovely. They're good friends of ours. Uh, but we did a weird crossover where we came on to their show for an arc to play members of the Australian Federal Puzzle Police. <laughs> and so that's we, delightful. We, kind of, yes. we came across to their show. He invent we invented t- together with their GM this idea of Puzzlo, who is a puzzle based villain doing terrible things in the Dallas Fort Worth area, <laughs> and it, we we ran through like multiple episodes playing Fate that then transitioned so that episodes five and six of that arc was an escape room that Danny had written that was like a puzzle room that Puzzlo had trapped people in where we couldn't help and they had to try and solve all the puzzles, which we also released that room standalone as part of our. Season That's really cool. Five, yeah. I think, or season yeah. three, and and there was this weird, crazy crossover thing that I don't know how it worked out in the end, but it was so much fun. To you don't know how it worked out in the like, end. I don't know how it worked out it. so smoothly, <laughs> you know. But it was great. It worked out so well, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just such a cool thing to do. Yeah, I was that very, sounds I was awesome. very happy with how that came out. So you got to get creative with your marketing, I guess. Is <laughs> yeah, um, it's, Moral. it's it's rough out there, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I think. A lot of people are very ripe for it at the moment. Like people want to hear about the good shows. Yeah, you know, mm. it's just um, the like. Actually, here's a tip for people: if you like recommending podcasts to friends, recommend it and then tell them why. <laughs> Don't just say, "Oh my no, god, no. you have to listen to Escape This Podcast. It's so good." I, that I think work. you're wrong. Obviously, like, the best way to recommend podcasts is to say one tweet with about 40, 40 different at tags yeah. in it. And then don't don't describe any of them and just have yep. them on one list. Yeah. That certainly won't That's annoy any of those people you just tagged. Yeah, definitely won't annoy me on the other end if you've tagged <laughs> me in that and then I get every reply to that for the next oh, 10 years. No. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Uh, all right, well, uh, we should probably leave it there. Yes, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, on the show. You. It's been absolutely Thank you lovely. for having us. Uh, you guys did great. Uh People, uh, we've talked a lot about where people can find you. Do you want to give like a little rundown of your like social tags and stuff? We'll have all this yep. linked in the show notes below for everybody. Yep. But do you want so to give like a if, quick rundown? If you want to ki- find out about us and all our shows, rather than remembering them all individually, the best place to go is passivevulpes.com. That's P-A-S-S-E-R-V-U-L-P-E-S.com. Um, if you want to know more about me specifically, you can go to erinkian.com because I do a lot of non-podcast stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I don't have a website yet. But you can see you can find me on the uh, social medias as Passer Kerbius. That's P A S S E R K I R B I U S. Yep, that's your Twitter handle. Uh, it's, all, it's also my um, Instagram handle. Oh, also your Instagram. Um, yeah. And you can find me almost everywhere as Aaron Kian, just my name, because I like consistent branding that's easy <laughs> to remember. <laughs> Fair. As opposed to us. As opposed to okay. us, because you can send us an email if you want to talk to us at escapethispod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at EskThisPodcast. I know, I got them both wrong. Um, we're also on Instagram as EscapeThisPodcast, and Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash EscapeThisPodcast. Uh, and we always love to hear from people. If you want to talk to us about, like, if you've been running our rooms um, and yourself, I always, we both oh, love yeah. to hear any stories you've got from running the rooms If you've written with your own room, we're getting up yes. to a new standalone new season's season. coming. If you've Bring written a room or us. if you want to write a room, just get, get in touch with us. We'd be absolutely uh, excited to have you on as a guest game master if you're listening to this and you've got a room written because, hey, like, it's great fun. Uh, season five had so many of them, so uh, we're very excited always. They mean more. I have to do half the work. I love <laughs> That's it. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can also uh, you can support the show at Patreon on, on Patreon. Uh, it makes a huge difference. That's really how we're supporting ourselves right now. So if you want to help us make this show and solve this murder and other cool stuff that we're doing, you can go to uh, the Escape This Podcast Patreon, which is linked below. Uh, anybody who supports at any level can appear uh, as a character, as an NPC in the show. Like we already talked a few times about uh, both Greg Poor and Linus. Linus in this. Once room. again, Poor I'm Linus. so sorry, Linus. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, there's also uh, for $5 donors, it's all the bonus audio. You can hear the play test that we talked about and, and other Agatha Christie murder mysteries and, and we, and us playing through choose your own adventure books and all this other weird stuff that we, we, we do. Um, 
and there's badges for for ten dollar donors and other and other fun stuff. Which we stuff finally like have, that. so we're we, just waiting for the post office. Yeah, to we finally have these badges together. to send to everybody, but international postage is broken right Gone. now. So we'll see how <laughs> long it takes to get them out. Um, but even if you don't, if you don't, you don't need to support the show monetarily. That's perfectly fine. The best thing you can do, if you can leave a review anywhere in iTunes on do our marketing Stitcher, whatever, for us. Do our marketing for us. Actually, literally, that's the best thing you can do is do our marketing for us. If you have people who are ever looking for podcasts, just say, "Hey, listen to Escape. This podcast is because. real good," <laughs> <laughs> and give them and tell them why. Really, it makes a huge difference. Uh, we can also, if you also want to hang out, uh, we've started streaming on Twitch for the last couple of months. Uh, so if you want to come see us play through Nancy Drew mystery games or scream at at people dying in Darkest Dungeon or playing other random games. Blindfolded come, Pokemon, blindfolded Pokemon. Danny's playing Bo- Pokemon uh, Red, Pokemon Blue, uh, blindfolded, so she can't see the game. It's ridiculous, and you should come watch her bump her head into walls over and over again trying to find her way <laughs> out of towns. Um, but, yeah, come hang out on Twitch if you want, twitch.tv slash escape this podcast. Uh, it's always really fun to hang out and chat, and, and feel free to bug us with questions about Escape This Podcast that have nothing to do with the game we're playing. Like I'm That's also very fun. I'm doing great at that Pokemon. I'm four badges in. You're doing very well. <laughs> um, all right, lovely. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show, Erin uh, and Lee. It was great. It was uh, fantastic. Was thank you. you. It was a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you, Danny, for writing such a good room. And thank you, Greg, for starting a time war. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.